Juicy Juice, my man, what's going on? Not for much. Thank you for having me, Ray. Thanks for coming on, bro. It's been a minute. Um, you've been on Have a Chat a couple of times, and I thought, why not get you on to talk to me? Yeah, brilliant. Can't wait. Well, bro, thanks for coming. Ladies and gents, thanks for joining us for Talk To Me, the show where I get my friends to talk to me. Today, I've got a guest that, let's be honest, you don't need any introduction whatsoever, but I'm going to give one because, you know, it's my show and I like you enough, so... This is Goose, Joseph Azzi. We call him Goose. I call him Juice. He's one of the best guys you'll know. He, um, he's one of my best mates. Uh, goes to church, does a lot at church with me, does a lot at work, works at Service New South Wales. And, mate, we're just going to have a chat, see yes, where sir. this thing takes us. Let's do it. So, bro, what's been going on? What's been happening? Oh, just getting back into the, the work life. So, yeah, pretty busy. Yeah, how's, um, how's post-COVID life treating you? I love it. Honestly, I loved COVID. It was like a small holiday for Why? Me. Uh, work gave me like maybe three days a week of work. So the other two days is just like do whatever you want. Can't really go anywhere, but it was a good small holiday. Yeah. Mate, the perks of working for the government, eh? It was good. I enjoyed it, yeah. But what are you doing now that you're back to normal life? What's different? Honestly, nothing's different. <laughs> Nothing? Nothing, no. Even even going out hasn't changed that much. Yeah, you're pretty much here all the time anyway, eh? It's, yeah, it's not like I have places to go. I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> Like, let's be honest, church maybe, that's going to come back soon. That's coming soon. Um, other than that, yeah, that's about it for me. What about the gym life? So, I have gone back into it. Okay. Um, I'm doing a very good balance of once a week at the moment. <laughs> I like how you call that a balance, like yeah. that's a good thing. It's a healthy balance of once a week. Um, so, I did last Saturday and I did this Wednesday. I want to go again this week. So, well, you know, slowly... Shui, shui. Yeah, bit by bit. You shui, know? shui. Why rush into things? No, I don't want to hurt the body, you know. <laughs> don't want to hurt the body, don't want to hurt yeah, anything. You've got to take care of the figure, you know. Yeah, sure. I guess so. I mean, if, if you say so anyway. Yeah, you've got to be careful, you know. Well, bro, I want to talk to you about this whole podcast thing. Mm. Because you were one of the first people I spoke to about it. Yeah. What did you think when I said, hey, we're going to start a whole podcasting channel and program? You know what? You can call me out if I'm lying here. I actually didn't mind. I thought it was a good idea. Yeah? yeah. Why? I don't, why not? Why not? Like, if I thought of it first... Literally, why not? Yeah, if I thought I like of it first, that. I would have done it. Okay. And uh, what have you been thinking so far? What are your thoughts on have a chat and talk to me and all this different stuff we're putting out there? I listen to them weekly. Do you? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. You listen to every single episode? Almost. I think I might have missed maybe a few, but I've eventually listened to them, yeah. You're a good mate, bro. Yeah, don't uh, you see me like liking your stuff? I see you liking the stuff, but let's be honest, half the people that like stuff probably aren't actually watching it. That's a very good point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. But no, I do listen to it and I like them, yeah. Is there something specific about the content that you're thinking is valuable? And I'm not talking about this to try and just talk this thing up, but you see Christian content out there. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um... I mean, anything that captures the attention mm -hmm. w w gets the job done. Like, let's be honest, because a lot of the stuff I listen to aren't Christian stuff. They're not necessarily bad stuff, but it catches your attention. Like, if I listen to, I don't know, the most common one out there is the Joe Rogan podcast. Yep. The guy talks about everything, not only um, mixed martial arts, and I do like MMA, UFC, but I like it more. Doesn't he talks about a lot of other stuff. I've heard him talk about hunting, and I don't hunt at all. Mm. But you know what? It's on there. He, the way he talks, the people he gets on the, on the show, it's very interesting. It captures my attention. Mm. So, yeah, he's got me for 10, 20 minutes. He, but I've heard him talk about uh, people being abducted, abducted by aliens. It's fantastic. <laughs> I've listened to like three, four videos, about 20 minutes each, of these people telling their stories of how they were abducted. Um, do, you do you believe any of them? 
No. Um, <laughs> but let me tell you, I've listened to a good hour of different people talking about it. So it's, for me, if you can get my attention, you deserve my view. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind that. And I, I asked you that because very specifically, I want to talk about comfort in Christ. Yeah. Because I want to get into that. But I think what you basically were getting at and what we've been trying to do this whole time is show that Christians can produce content that isn't always just Bible-based, but just can be entertaining. It's interesting. Can be interesting and valuable for a person. For sure. But then you come up, we come up with, have a chat with Ray and Stat probably June. Mm -hmm. And then you come up with Comfort in Christ just a few months later. Yeah. What was the go there? Um, like everything, because I can imagine this would have been the same with your podcast. Um, it wasn't just I started it two months after. It was months of preparation, months of thinking about it, which I can imagine is the same with your podcast. Yeah, well, when we did this, we were talking about it for a solid year. Mm. We wanted to get it right. So Comfort in Christ, same thing? Um, if I was to put a time frame on it, maybe a few months. Yeah, okay. Maybe two months. Uh -huh. So talking about it, um, testing out different apps, uh, obviously making design apps you mean yeah design apps um talking to different content designers um jackie who's been on the show her and jeremy have been brilliant i think me talking to um jeremy and jackie we eventually came up with the name together it, okay. took, us, it took us a bit of time maybe so you collaborated with them to sort this out yeah yeah i told jackie i go um i'll use you we'll come up with a name together and then you can help me with the design so she designed the the photo for me um jeremy helped me with the name and then uh, we kicked it off, yeah. So it took a bit of time. Okay, and what was the purpose behind Comfort in Christ? Why did you do it? Uh, there's so many of the out, so many different types of pages out on Instagram. I just wanted to be another one of them. I thought um, it will be similar, but different. Mm -hmm. So are there plenty of pages that do very similar quotes, if not the same quotes? Absolutely. Um, how do I do it differently? Well, it's not that much different. Maybe different photos, maybe... Um, how much I put out there um, in terms of posts a day and content and so on. Um, but at the end of the day, if I encourage one person or I encourage a hundred people, uh, it's still worth it because mm. um, at, we do it to benefit uh, those who want to move forward in Christ. You know, Maybe someone hasn't accepted Christ, maybe someone has accepted Christ, but uh, is discouraged. Yep. You know, it's all the same to me. If I can help someone either be saved or encourage them to do better, you know, I, that's worth at the end of the day. It's a win-win for you. Oh, of course. Well, ladies and gents, if you haven't seen Comfort in Christ on Instagram, make sure you follow it. It's a page that basically, I mean, you do quotes, but you also do Bible references, things like that. And it's basically your daily hit of, if I can say it like that, it's like a daily encouragement, a daily help, a daily push yeah. for someone who just needs needs it yeah bible verses are great mm. of course the word of god can't yeah. beat that um but i sort of see it like why do we go to church and listen to people preach mm -hmm. if we can read the bible because it's sort of hearing it from a different point of view or someone explaining okay it. so for me to put a verse out there you know it's not that long but it's a few words yeah pretty easy but for me to sort of summarize it and sort of deliver it in a quote that encourages a person mm. encourages a person um, I think it sort of hits um, different people in different ways. A hundred percent. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. And your perspective is a very... I like it because it's a very simple perspective, but it's also a very powerful one in that you're a young 26-year-old guy who just loves the Lord and just wants people to be encouraged by, hey, this is one little thing that can help you with your day. 
You know what I mean? Now, Comfort in Christ, why that? Why was that the name? Um, we juggled a lot on different names. <laughs> um, I would, the thing about Instagram is there's a very good chance any name you think of is taken already. 100%. <laughs> yeah, like I've thought of names like Christ Alone, and then I'll look it up, and not only they were taken, but they weren't taken by people or pages that were like Christian people, Christian pages. Like I looked up Christ Alone, and the name was Christ, so dot alone, but apparently that was someone's name, like Christina Alone or something. No way. Like, yeah, I promise you. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And then I looked up another name like Living Water. Okay. It was just some random guy putting up drawings of Dragon Ball Z. So these people would pick Christian names just for their private accounts. Nice. So it made my life a lot more difficult because it's, I don't know, it just made it really hard. So I came up, me, me and uh, Jeremy, Comfort in Christ. He thought it was a good idea. And then me and Jackie sort of tried to um, put it in a way that it wasn't taken. So yeah. Comfort dot in Christ. Yeah. So l lucky for me, um, the name itself was pretty simple for Instagram. But why Comfort in Christ? I feel like a lot of people either go to church or uh, post up, repost different types of Bible verses or quotes because mm. it comforts them. Mm. And okay. at the end of the day, when we go to church, there's different reasons why people do go to church, but it's initially to find comfort. And what do they find comfort in? Well, it's in Christ, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it, for me, it was pretty simple. I liked the idea um, and it made sense what I was doing. And you brought it out at a pretty good time. I mean, it was a time... You brought it out just before COVID hit? Yeah. Just great, before great COVID. Great timing, right? Bro, same with us. We started this yeah. thing just before COVID as well. Yeah. I remember you talking to me about that as we are going down to Mudgee. Mm. And we are talking about your different ideas back and forth. And I remember thinking at the time, this is a great idea. But how effective is it going to be right now? Because everyone was just so active in their lifestyles and everything was just busy. But then COVID hit again and we all get put into lockdown. And... We've discussed it on Have a Chat a lot of times. This COVID lockdown was not a fun one. This one was hard. Yeah, and a lot of people needed comfort. Yeah. So it came at a really good time. How did you find that part of the year helpful um, in spreading this, this message you were trying to spread? It's funny. As Christians, we, we talk about how we expect God to work in our lives. And mm. then when He does it, we're surprised. Yeah. So when I did this, I'm obviously like, yeah, of course, this is going to encourage people because it's the word of God. And I'm just a humble servant. I'm just going to do it. And um, I'm not expecting anything from it because at the end of the day, it's not for me. It's for the glory of God. Yeah. And then when I have people messaging me, um, either privately on the page, telling me how much it encourages them, I sort of am a bit thrown back and yeah. like, oh, well, it does encourage other people. Mm. It's a bit silly on my behalf because what do I expect? I'm obviously doing God's work. Um, but I just I can't help it like um, I get a bit of gratitude from helping people in general especially when it comes to um, helping them with you know the Christian side of it and I think that's the big thing I mean both of our things are small let's be real I have a chat with Ray and Stat only has about 109 subscribers at the moment like we're not attacking big circles or a lot of people we're attacking 100 odd right mm. but even that one person saying this made my day or this really helped me get through something is powerful absolutely absolutely and um, it encourages you i mean let's face it, it not many people want to admit this especially christians we can get discouraged sometimes and that Big can time. that can affect our walk of god mm. massive 
and I'm here to tell you hey, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, and you've been a person, and I like how you brought that up. And if you don't mind, I'd like to get into that a bit. You've been a person who's been pretty open about how life can be very discouraging and yeah. how it can be very hard. Yeah. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with life's discouragements, and how do you move forward with them? Honestly, it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say you keep moving forward, but it's a lot easier said than done. It really is. Um, I can tell a person what I did, and it's basically keep positive people around you. Um, obviously, um, be really close to God, so read your Bible, pray, um, and have really good spiritual advisors next to you. But that's really simple stuff. When people think about it, they're like, man, I'd do that anyway. Yeah. And it still doesn't help. Hmm. And, um, I mean, with me, my parents, as much as they love me, um, I think this is very normal for with any parents. Put a lot of pressure on you. Uh-huh. So that, on top of what you're already dealing with, um, is, is not the greatest thing to experience. Um, again, I'm going to give another piece of advice that worked for me. It's easier said than done. But you keep God close and He takes care of them. No man takes care of the issues. No matter how bad they get, um, He honestly takes care of them. And for me, that's exactly what He did. And it took a while for me to sort of um, figure out what I want to do with my career, figure out which avenue I want to take with serving God and, um, and many other things in life. And that's all came from staying close, getting close and staying close with God. Easier said than done, but... A lot easier said than done because I think getting close to God is easy. Yeah. Because you get the you get the rush after salvation. You're excited. You're keen, or you've just come back from a camp or a conference or whatever it is. How do you stay close? How do you keep that consistent? Well, I think it's a. I put up a post on Facebook. It's God doesn't want the habit because we mm-hmm. should create a habit, shouldn't yeah. we? Okay. A habit of uh, daily Bible reading. A habit of going to church. Um, a habit of you know listening and reading and watching the right things but if the heart's not in it then it's a waste yeah so i put that up the other day god doesn't want a habit he wants the heart the habit comes with the heart you set your heart right for god everything else follows it's like people saying i can't be this person that god wants me to be i can't do this i can't say this i can't do this hey accept christ first god will take care of the rest Accept Christ first. He'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about the friends you're going to have. Don't worry about the work you're going to have. Don't worry about any other issues. The most important thing right now is for you to have Christ living in your heart and be saved and let Him take care of the rest. That's awesome. And and that's huge. So tell me about it. Tell me how you accepted Christ. Because, mate, I know this story, but I haven't heard it in a solid three, four years. I've been going to Christian church for a long time. So I've heard it all. Hmm. And that is... You know what? It's pretty dangerous when you think about it, because yeah, I want it can you, be. yeah, guys, think about um, all the friends that you've known um, that have grown up in a Christian home, and it sort of gets like like second nature to them. It's so repetitive. They don't take it that, yeah. yeah, repetitive. They don't take it that seriously. They don't know the importance of it because it's very daily in their life. So I actually heard someone else. So I used to go to a church for a very long time, and then I heard it from another preacher. So I visited. Um, a friend's church when I was young, maybe 13 or 14. Um, and I heard it from like a different sort of angle. Mm-hmm. And I understood it differently. So I didn't understand it as head knowledge or, or just information. I understood it as, oh wow, this is powerful. It actually meant something. It meant something to me. I accepted Christ. 
um, I didn't actually commit myself to God's work until I started joining FBC. Okay. Um, and to be honest, the people that were around me is what pushed me to where I am okay. now. So before we get there, let's go back to that moment in which you accept Christ. What Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, so can you talk me through like the step-by-step step that happens? So it's like someone was preaching salvation mm. and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I know Christ died for me. Oh, well, he did die for me. Why? Well, I know why. Do you see what I mean? So I'm sort of Dead colliding set. the information I already knew with the truth. Okay. So the truth was always like blurred out yeah. because I just kept hearing it on and on and on. And you just didn't really care too much about exactly, it. Exactly. But God was moving in that message that was yeah. preached that day. Uh-huh. And all that information just made sense. And I'm like, hang on. I know all this, but why am I understanding it now? Okay. And once I understood it, I was able to make that conscious decision that I need Christ in my life. And I accepted him at a young age of uh, 13 or 14. Yep. Um, but I didn't have a good crowd around me. You know, 13 or 14 is when you start high school, You're right? in high school and yeah, you start so, all that stuff. Um, I didn't commit myself to God until I started joining um, Faith Baptist. Okay, and what year was that? Oh, how old were you then? Oh, 16. Okay, so three years have gone past mm. and now you're at FBC. Correct. What's going on there? Um, now I am serving God. Well, most importantly... I've committed my life to God. Yeah. The serving comes after that. Notice that there's big decisions in your life, salvation and commitment, and everything else follows. Mm-hmm. So I commit. So I got saved, brilliant. Then I committed myself to doing God's work, and then God showed me later on what He wants me to do. And um, I, I say this all the time, especially young people, careful. Um, I want to say your environment, but like where you spend your time, the people you spend it with, because. It's got a bigger impact than massive. It's a massive impact. So just so that we're following this correctly and so the people at home get it, you have this moment in your life where things change. You realize you're a sinner. You realize that you can't go to heaven on your own account and that there was a reason Jesus died on the cross. So you ask him to save you and you ask him to be part of his family. You repent from your sins, all that stuff. Absolutely. Then three years later, there's a moment where you're already part of God's family. This isn't like a re-salvation or anything like that, but this is where you're committing your life to him. Mm -hmm. What was it that made you want to commit your life to him fully for his service? It's just being around the right people, being around the right environment. You just saw it? Exactly. Um, You saw it in action? Well, it just encourages you. So Mm. the more time you spend around a certain place or certain type of people, you'll become more like him. Mm. That's the reality of it. Um, You look at anything in this world, um, people mistake evolution um, when it's really animals adapting. Mm -hmm. We're the same. We adapt. Okay. So you put someone in an environment where it's all... Um, swearing and uh, the wrong music and drugs and so on, over time, they'll be doing the same thing because it becomes a normal to them. Yeah. You put yourself, no matter where you're from, what type of background, you put yourself in an environment where people are daily wanting to serve God, daily um, in God's word and in the presence of God, that eventually will rub off on you. And it's not just a phase. When you accept Christ... Um, if, if you eventually develop um, your own attributes and own personality where you want to love and serve God. It's not just the environment mm. you're in. So initially, you become part of the environment, then you start setting the same environment and for so other you people. Start, you start doing it yourself. Exactly. So what did you do? So you're at 16 years old. You're yeah. an epic at this stage. I think we met around that point. Yeah. Um, that's a story for another time. Yeah. Um, but 
at that age you decide to start making changes or you start to start adding things to your life what changes do you make what do you add I spend more time with the christian people mm-hmm. and then over time i wanted to do more ministry and then um, i realized that i wasn't baptized so that had to come straight away i got baptized maybe at the age of 19 mm-hmm. and then i was able to do more ministry mm-hmm. and then from there i just uh slowly slowly just started adding more ministries to my belt okay so before we do get there, I want to go back a bit. So what do you remember what your first ministry was? Cleaning. Cleaning. Mm. So you're just cleaning around the church. Yeah. Why did you choose that? Um, it was just the easiest thing to pick. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like um, electives at school. <laughs> it was just like, I want to serve God. How do I do it? And then I feel like this story is used a lot by a lot of people. I feel like the cleaning team are just waiting for the new people to get saved. And we're like, this is what God <laughs> wants you to do. Because I've heard haram, a lot of people man. say that. Yeah, yeah. haram. They, do, they never have enough people. Mm. And shout out to the cleaning team. They're probably the best in the world. Um, mm. Join the cleaning team if you don't have a ministry. So you join the cleaning team. But then I want to go deep into your decision to get baptized. Yeah. If that's cool. Yeah. Because that one's a, it's a bigger one than people give it credit for, especially coming from the backgrounds we come from. Okay. Yeah. What was it? That, t- that led you to the decision of baptism. Can you talk me through that process? Other than the ministries in our church needed you to be baptized, um, it, it was me just showing the people around me, my family and friends, that I have committed to serve God. So it was the, um, what we discussed in discipleship earlier this week, a inward expression, or outward expression of what happened inward. Yeah. Um, for me, I honestly didn't have too many family and friends I just literally had my immediate family and my baptism. Um, but um, it, it's, it's a declaration. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. There's not much to it. I read, I understood in the Bible, and I wanted to make that next step. And then that led to me serving more. Yep. And um, then you joined Bible Club. Yes. With me. I think we joined around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the decision to go there? Why did you move in that direction? Um, this is going to sound bad, but I saw it as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. I saw it as an opportunity to develop my skills, um, not only knowing my Bible better, but also in delivering it and um, also teaching. Um, and then I realized it was just more than a stepping stone. You don't really use God's ministries as stepping stones. Maybe he uses them eventually in, in your life, but you're not supposed to see him that way. And you saw it as something more once you were in there? Absolutely. Like to say that, I wouldn't be surprised if some people would be upset with me. To sort of say that. Yeah, but then me, but then God yeah. taught you differently. Of course. And he showed you what it really was. Of course. He he showed me because he stopped that Bible club. I mm. didn't end up teaching in Epic or there was an elevator at the time and I didn't preach straight away. I think we only started preaching a few years ago, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. And I joined Epic at the age of 18, maybe? Mm. No, 19, sorry, when I got baptized. You mean Bible Club? You joined Bible Club oh, at 19? I keep saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you joined Bible Club, but what do you, now looking back at that, you're 26, you look back at that dumb kid who saw it as something that it wasn't. Mm. How do you see that ministry now? What's the importance of teaching children? Well, for me, when I was young, I was taught all of that in Bible, in, uh, at the time of Sunday school. Sunday school, yeah. So... There's a, you'll be surprised there's a lot of kids in the world that grow up, become adults, and don't know the basic fundamentals of Christianity. Mm. What's the basic fundamentals? I mean, uh, basic as get Jesus died on the cross. I have friends that I've grown up with that have gone through Christian schools. You ask them why, and they go, for you. 
okay, you got to get a bit more into it. What, Be what, specific. Why for you? I don't know. Mm. Really? That's like the most basic you can get. Yeah. Why are you a Christian? Because I am. Mm. That's not a great answer. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. There's got to be like, you talk to anyone that knows their stuff well enough, they can put it on you. It doesn't need to be the truth. It doesn't even need to be something great. But you need to know what your foundation is. You need to know what you believe in. Not only so you can, I guess, not look like an idiot and defend yourself, but also so you can understand and feel like, yeah, I'm on the right path because I understand it. Mm. I understand what I believe and why I believe it. And it just makes life a lot more clearer for you. Like, yes, I believe Christ because he died on the cross for me because he... Um, He's the true. He's the only way to heaven, and only means of salvation. Because I accept His gift on the cross, I'm going to heaven. Now my life belongs to Him. Okay, my life belongs to Him. What does that mean? Well, now I need to commit all my life, not a bit of it, all my life, all my decision making, any path I want to take. How does this affect Christ, and what does Christ want me to do? And then that dictates all the decisions you make in life: the job you pick, the girl you marry, the places you go. The, t- the, um, the places you spend your time at and, the, and what you waste your time on if it's watching or listening to certain stuff and then slowly from there you notice that okay now I'm on the path of raising my family raising my kids and how do I want to raise my kids and which school do I want to send them to and how do I want to teach them and, um, and it's just like a snowball effect but it all yeah. starts from that decision of okay. accepting Christ and the Bible correct me if I'm wrong says your decisions affect four generations, don't they? Four generations, I believe. Something along those lines. And when I think about it, my dad's decision to accept Christ is going to, has affected, obviously, me, but it's now going to affect my kids, and it's going to affect my kids, uh, their kids. Mm. And that all started from my dad's decision. And if I decided my decision was going to be the opposite, that's going to affect my kids and their kids and so on. So the decisions you make now, we tend to make them out of uh, certain feelings, out of anger, out of love. And feelings come and go. They're like seasons. Yeah. You shouldn't be making life-long decisions on temporary feelings. That's terrible, just terrible decision-making. You should scrap all those feelings, look at you know, the core of it, Christ. If I accept him, how is my life going to go? You gotta think long term ahead. A lot of people don't think long term; they think short term, and that screws them long term. Mm. Um, and once I got that mindset, that's when I started thinking: okay, so if I do this, this, and this, if I look for this type of person to marry or this type of job, um, something that doesn't affect my church attendance, something that doesn't affect my um, Bible reading, something that doesn't affect my walk with God, then it will lead me to this, and then there's, and so on and so on. It's like a snowball snowball effect, yeah. I don't know about you, ladies and gents, but I just got G'd up, bro. That was awesome. That yeah. was that was you. You hit the nail on the head, bro. Like that. that that's children's ministry in yeah. a nutshell. I'm stuttering because I got um the dentist gave me some retainers to straighten my body teeth. <laughs> yeah, so I can't speak properly. So I'm so stuttering. Why would why would you agree to do a podcast if you can't speak? Oh, just why not? I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. bro, like dead set, I just got cheered up because you, bro, you summed up why kids ministry is so important. You're laying foundations that are gonna last generations. Absolutely, yeah. That's full on, man. 
it is. Um, it's important. It is, and I think that that is. Um, bro, I'm sorry, I'm lost for words after that, bro. That was beautiful. Um, yeah, it's it's very important. Um, and when you start thinking about your kids, well, I mean, we don't have kids, but when uh, when you start thinking about what what you want for your kids, then you're like, well, if I put my kids in Bible club, I don't want their teachers to think of that ministry as a stepping stone. That's right. Um, so that's yeah, a, that's a convicting thing. Yeah, that is convicting, and that's powerful, and it and it also. It's God humbling you as well, right? Like he, he really takes you, he gets you to take a step back and look at what the ministry is and think, yeah. uh, who am I to think that this was small? And I apologize if I call Bible Club Epic. I don't know why I keep making that um, <laughs> mistake. Forgive me, Mark. But I mean Bible Club, yeah. So that's your ministry side of things. And it's, it's beautiful to see how God's used you there and is growing you there. Um, but I want to move over to something that I think a lot of... Uh, young adults especially coming out of high school need help with um if you don't mind talking about it and that's the years of struggle you had when it came to work Mm. because i saw you go through a couple of years of just job after job struggling to figure out what god had for you yeah can you talk me through that time period and how your relationship with god really helped you get through it um it's in a nutshell i gave my life to god except i didn't give my work life to god what do you mean by that so I said, God, you can take my life. It's yours. I'll do whatever you want me to do, except for my career. I'll sort that out. Why? Because I probably never just committed it to God. I just never thought about it that way. Okay. I never thought about it as, if I give this to God, he'll show me what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I thought of it as, I need to figure it out, and I need to figure it out now. Really? Okay, so you leave high school. What's your first step after high school? What are you doing? I believe I thought I can get into IT. What a dumb decision, eh? <laughs> I did IT and TAFE, also another dumb decision. And I also did a lot of different types of... So um, what did, Sorry, in TAFE, what did you do? IT. So you did IT, but did you get your certificate or your diploma? Yeah, I got a uh, certificate three and four and the diploma, yeah. So you got your diploma? Yeah. Mate, you're more qualified in IT than I am. But I, I haven't gotten anything from Okay. That. It's a waste of time. Go get a traineeship. So, so y- hey, yeah. first job, what was it? Um, first job, I worked at the farm. I was in high school. Yeah. Worked in a pharmacy. Um, just. But then the other school. Well, I'm talking the other school. Like, what oh, do you think? School? Yeah. What do you think your first career is? Oh, um, I worked in aluminium. I worked in a factory, and then I worked on site. I did aluminium framing and glass glazing. That was really good. I think it paid too much, but it was really good. It was really good because out of high school, I was young and still sheltered by high school, and then I got to experience. Um, the work life and also the trading life and um, I adapted pretty quick I didn't adapt too bad where I was just like smoking and drinking like all the tradies do but you you saw what was out there well I learned how to deal with people and I understood how people are you know everyone is nice not everyone has um, you know your best intentions Um, you know especially in the building game everyone's out for themselves yeah so why you how long do you stay in the aluminium game maybe a year and a half Why'd you leave? Well, I thought I was going to do IT, so... Oh, really? Okay. So, I did different stuff. Funny enough, I thought I was going to do IT. I ended up doing a bunch of other different trades. I did uh, security cameras and alarms. That was amazing. That was actually one of my favorite jobs, just unfortunately. Um, you know, I say this. I say that I was too big to get into roofs. Okay. But then you see a lot of really big electricians. So, maybe, maybe it wasn't that. But for me, because of my size... I struggled getting Just too into clumsy up there. Yeah, and then yeah. I had to make that hard decision. Hey, I love it. I'm good at everything, 
but being in roofs. But bro, being in roofs is hard though. It is, I, I remember I was uh, when I was doing trade work, I was in a roof trying to run a cable, and mate, just stupidly, I stepped onto a, a jib rock panel and my foot went straight through the roof. Like it's just so easy to make a mistake up there. Yeah, and um, I mean, depending on electricians or security cameras and alarms, not necessarily you're going to be in roofs all day. Um, but if you're doing a lot of uh, private work, you're going to either be under the ground or in the roof. So you just it didn't work out, then you yeah. move on from there? Um, oh man, I, I can't remember. You, you guys can think of a job. I've probably done it. I did everything. Okay. I even worked in Samsung. Yeah. So what I want to try to get at there is what's going through your head? Like spiritually, you're obviously having a battle, right? Yeah. Find something you're good at and stick to it. Not that I wasn't good at anything. But nothing ever clicked. Mm-hmm. So if I wasn't good at something, I'll find I'll go find something I'm good at. And if I was good at it, I'd never worked for the right person. Mm-hmm. So the opportunities weren't there. So I was sort of learning the skill but wasting my time. And then uh, I'll be turned off. Never want to go back to those different types of trades. I'll go join the um, the Samsung world. And then I'll get um, discouraged because I'm dealing with a lot of uh, politics because office politics is office huge. Office politics there. is huge yep. and. I'm used to like you're on a trade, uh, a trading site or on a job site. If someone has a problem with you, they tell you to your face. In the office, they'll be nice, and next thing you know, you get a letter. Um, you're on notice or for you doing get, something, or you, or you get an get email fired. or this or that. Yeah, like, yeah, these it's guys a bunch of this is a bunch of yeah, snakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a big world. It's yeah, a big world so in the office. I went from dealing with people that confront you to your face to people that are nice and send you an email. You're fired, and it's, it's a joke. Yeah. So I got discouraged on both ends. Um, and then I'm just trying to find something uh, that was going to work for me. And, so, uh, sorry, sorry, keep going, keep going. I'm just going to say that um, it took a while. Right? So yeah, it took it took a while. And in your head, what's going on? Like, are you are you praying to God at this point? Are you seeking Him, or are you just not letting go? No, I wasn't letting go. Not until I was in 2017, end of 2017, actually. End of 2017, I got another role at Samsung. Um, in customer service Yeah I was uh, in the kiosk actually Really good role And then I did that Until beginning of 2018 Maybe January And then um, Our good friend Abraham Who works for a uh, Traineeship And apprenticeship company um, Makes me aware of The government traineeships That were happening at the time And I told Abraham I remember exactly what I told him I go Bro why do I want to leave a full-time job with Samsung, which, by the way, wasn't good. Wasn't good pay, wasn't good anything. The full-time meant nothing. But you enjoyed it. I slowly got discouraged because why would I think that going back to Samsung, even if it's it was in the anything. customer service role, was going to be any different from the head yeah, office? Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, but I, in my head, I thought the way to go is a full-time role, which, mm-hmm. honestly, isn't that It's great. a good short-term decision, it, but long-term, it's not great. Full-time role doesn't mean much if the job isn't great or if the place you're at isn't great mm. let's be honest yeah um, people can have full-time role and still not have enough to, to survive exactly yeah. but in my head i'm like full-time role to see i'm on the right path so i told abraham why would i leave that for a traineeship which pays at the time i thought it was less turns out i got paid so bad at samsung it was that <laughs> much <laughs> difference yeah um why would i leave that for less money and a 12-month contract where a job isn't guaranteed. Mm. I love what Abraham said. He didn't even try at all to convince me. Okay. Not because he didn't care, but I felt like him telling me about that traineeship was from God 
uh-huh. and him just leaving it there for me to decide was also from God. Abraham's the type of guy who gets what he wants. <laughs> I'll, I'll be straight out. Because he asked me years prior to that if I wanted a job with his company. And I told him, nah, man, I'm good. I'm loving Samsung, all good. Two years later, comes up to me again, says, hey, do you want a job with my company? I go, yeah, I do. He, he finds a way. But you're right. I think him leaving it for you, because he knew, he, he knew your personality as well. So leaving that with you and allowing you to sort of mull over that. Yeah, because what happened after that, because as I said, Abraham did no convincing. Uh-huh. He said, I'll send you the link. You go from there. Okay. I looked at the link. It was exactly what I just said. Contract, less money, nothing guaranteed afterwards. But you also get an education with it. Yeah, they gave me a, a cert three in the customer service. Um, I said, God, I feel like you're pushing me and you've been pushing me for years to give this to, over to you. I'm going to give this over to you. I'm going to show you a sign of faith that I'm trusting you. I'll put in my resume. So why? Can I ask why? Like why? Why, why did you finally say, okay, it's time? Because for me... I just kept getting pressure from my parents and mm-hmm. um, everything that I tried my hand in and tried to do myself wasn't working. Okay. So I said, God, this is less money and um, it's a contract, meaning no jobs guaranteed. You know what? I think that you're pushing me towards it. You make me get the job. And then if I don't get the job, oh, sorry, not only if I don't get the job, if I get the job and it doesn't work out, I waste 12 months and I don't get a job after that. I can blame you and go back to what I was doing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty stubborn, right? Yeah. Um, and I love how God's like, okay, thank you. Leave it to me. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. God's like, you, you stubborn kid. I'll sort this out for you. And what do you know? Like, I know that we're stubborn and we're not supposed to think that way, but God knows how to deal with these kids. But hey, that, that's, that's being a Christian. It's making those dumb mistakes and realizing yeah. God's better. Yeah. And literally people that have known me, so such as yourself, They've known me back then and where I'm at now. They're like, well, so much has happened. But I'm happy that they can see it the way I see it. God is the one that put him there. 100% because to be completely straight out with you, when you were at Samsung, you hated everything. You hated life. And I've never seen anyone love going to work as much as you do. Now, yeah, absolutely. Like, Like dead set, you love this job and you're really good at it if I do say so much. The reason I can say that is because I worked for the same company as Abraham and I had to do the the contact visits, the mentoring visits and Mm. check in with your managers. Absolutely, And you've loved it and you've been good at it. And thank God he's helped you progress there. What I'm trying to get at here is... First off, thank you so much for your honesty with this because that's... It's it's a huge story you've been telling. Um, How does a kid who was in your position finally let go and give it to God so he doesn't have to be that stubborn guy my dad always tells me this a smart person learns from others mistakes um, unfortunately in life we're not always smart yeah you know there is people out there that learn majority of their lessons from others but no matter who you are you're gonna end up making your own mistakes and that's the only way you're gonna learn those lessons I hope you're not that person that had to learn this lesson from their own mistakes like I did. I hope that you can listen to me and learn from that or from other spiritual advisors. Like I said at the beginning of the show, keep a good spiritual advisor next to you. Yeah, 100%. Um, And see if you can learn from them. 
And uh, if you can learn from others' mistakes, that's a big head start. But don't be too disappointed because in life, I will look back at the mistakes I've made and be like, would I, would I have made uh, another decision? And I'll be like, no. I would make the same mistake again. Because you needed to learn it. Because I needed to learn. Well. Um, it's not good, but that's just how it is in life, isn't it? And sometimes, God, as I said, God knows how to deal with these. And God used that. Maybe, but some people won't learn unless you you give them the hard reality that hey, you're in this place and in this um, dark situation because of your choices. Give it to God, or you're gonna go further down. Wow. Some people won't learn unless they're in that position, and they're they're on their knees praying to God. It sounds dark. It sounds forceful, but it's not. Yeah. There's nothing forceful about it. Some people, unfortunately, stay stubborn their whole life and never reach God's potential because they don't want to give it to God. And some people break and then God uses that. And then you have some people that majority of their life, I'm not saying that they don't end up in that position sometimes, but majority of their life, you know, they're just learning from the people around them, learning from their parents. Like people say, oh, I've grown up. I don't need to listen to my parents anymore. That's so stupid. Hmm. Like, I hate the fact that my parents are always right. I don't like it. <laughs> but it's, but they, are. they are. They are, bro. They really are. Yeah. And um, once you humble yourself to your parents, to God, and to people that are trying to help you, and you get rid of that pride and that stubborn attitude, only then will you start to progress forward. 100%. And you hit the nail on the head there, bro. I think a lot of people, when they leave high school, I know I was one of them, you were one of them. When we leave high school, we turn 18, we think, oh, our parents don't know what they're talking about. But then it just takes experience. It takes life to show, no, they do. And God's got them there in your life for a purpose. Utilize them. People say, I want God to talk to me. And then in the Bible, it says, listen to your parents. And your parents tell you something you're like, mom, dad, shut up. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And you want God to talk to you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, big time, bro. That's, that's huge because that, that, that is an attitude, especially here in Sydney. Massive. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my parents don't know what they're talking about. They're too old. They, they don't know what it's like to grow up now. No, God's put them there. Let him speak to you through them. Show them the respect they deserve. There's a reason he says, honor your father and your mother. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, I understand some people's situations, you know. And you apprehensions know. and this and that. Hey, yeah. not all people are the same and not all parents are the same. Mm. But um, I'm sure God will show you what to do. And if you have godly parents, um, that's the only way to go. Yeah. Listen to him. Oh, Juicy, this has been awesome, bro. I've really enjoyed this. Before we end, mm. going to get you in a DeLorean, shoot you back 10 years. So you're 16 years old. What do you tell young Goose, young Joseph? What do you tell him? <laughs> I would love to say go do a trade, but I don't think trades are for me. <laughs> What's the one piece of advice? It's definitely not that. Yeah. You're not going to go tell him go do a trade. No, <laughs> You've got 10 years of experience. Yeah. What are you telling him? What's the, what's the one piece of advice he needs? Listen to your parents. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. the big one? Yeah. Honestly, uh, I would like to say a lot of other things, but yeah, listen to your parents. Not that I was a very disobedient child. I just... Uh, Didn't value it as much as you should have? No. That's what... Wait, hey, mate. 2020... Hindsight's 2020. Yeah, I would like to think that I did listen to him to the best of my ability when I was younger. Um, so I wasn't a really disobedient child. But I just didn't appreciate it like I did now. Yeah, well. Well, Joey, bro, this was great. This was awesome, as I said. Mate, where can the people find you online? And uh, plug Comfort in Christ as well. 
Yeah, so if you were to just Instagram comfort.inchrist, um, you'll find the page straight away. Um, and my private account is just joey underscore azzy. You'll find me there as well, also on Instagram. Well, ladies and gents, make sure you follow Comfort in Christ. Make sure you follow Joey as well. Um, as I said, one of the best blokes you could ever talk to. Uh, ladies and gents, make sure you like the page, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's get ourselves to 150. That's our next target. That's our next goal. Um, keep spreading these videos around. Let more people find out about them. We're just trying to spread good Christian content, man. Ladies and gents, thank you so much. Thank you, Joey. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for having me.